0: The following message was recorded at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. More information can be found online at Bethlehem.Church. Open up your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, And he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it. And choked it, and some fell into good soil, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others, They are in parables, so that, seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who... When they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in a time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, Hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. Let me pray for us, Lord. We come to you this morning in need, so I pray that you would prepare our hearts that you would help us to receive, that you would break hard and stony ground, that you would help our unbelief, and that you would plant your word deep in us, and that you would cause it to bear fruit. So open our ears to hear. Leaders, lead us, Lord, to your truth. And we pray this in your name. Amen. My name is René González. I'm one of the pastors here at Bethlehem and it's a, such a joy to be with you this morning. So far in the Gospel of Luke, we have seen how the ministry of the Lord Jesus continues to expand. So in our passage, it starts by saying that a great crowd was gathering And that people from town to town were coming to Jesus. In fact, the crowds have been following Jesus since chapter 5. This must be really exciting for the disciples. But on the other hand, so far in the narrative, there have been just a handful of conversions... So based on this, I think the point of our passage this morning is that Luke wants his readers to understand that Jesus is not surprised by these results, that he knows that the proclamation of the world, of the word, will bear fruit. In other words, the outcome of his preaching ministry is sure. And I put this in one phrase like this. As the main point, Jesus it spreads the, the word, and although many don't believe, others will listen with faith and obey, and bear much fruit. Again, Jesus it spreads the word, and although many don't believe, others will listen with faith and obey, and bear much fruit. So our text is divided in three parts, as you saw it. First is the parable. Second. Is the general purposes of the parables and the third is the explanation of the parable but for my outline this morning I will follow the order of the main elements of the parable so first we're going to speak about the sower then we're going to speak about the seed third we're going to speak about the soils and lastly we're going to speak about the miracle of bearing fruit So, first, the sower. At the beginning of the parable, Jesus begins by introducing the sower. This person is responsible for carrying out the sowing. Without him, there's no sowing, no harvest, no fruit. He owns the seeds and he has a plan and a purpose. He knows that there is a specific time of the year when he has to start this process. And he's not doing this hard work just for fun. He has a goal. He wants to see fruit. In his explanation of the parable, Jesus does not explicitly say who the sower is. But it is very clear from the context that he's talking about himself. You can see it in chapter 8, in verse 1, at the beginning of the chapter, he says, Soon afterwards he went on through cities and villages, Proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. So, Jesus is the divine sword. In the right time, he came to this earth, and the spreading of the word was a central part of his life and ministry. He spoke the word to many and to few, he spoke the word in the mo- on mountains and plains. He spoke the word to children and to adults, to Jews and Gentiles, to men and women. So in the illustration of the sower, we see that theologians we see what theologians call the divine initiative. God in the flesh came to this earth, and having all the power in all the universe and all the wisdom, he decides to use words. And in his love and in his purpose to save sinners, he goes out spreading the word of God. He is at work. He does not get discouraged because he knows that even when he sows in tears, he will reap with shouts of joy. Jesus, the divine sower, he is the real hero of this story. The fruit is guaranteed because Jesus is at work. So some like to call this parable the parable of the of the seed or the parable of the the, the soils. I think we should stick with the power of the sower. So second the seed. Let us talk about the seed. In the parable, you can see it in verse 11. Jesus explains that the seed represents the Word of God. The Word is the the agent by which God has decided to bring forth new life to those who are spiritually dead. And the Word will produce fruit for His glory. In the Bible, the Word of God has different meanings. The phrase, the Word of God, has different meanings. It can mean either something that God has decreed or something that God has said when addressing humans. Also, words that God spoke through the prophets or words that God spoke through Jesus Christ. Or finally, God's written word. So different meanings. I think in the context of our passage, though, and in the rest of the Gospels, when Jesus refers to the word of God, he is talking more specifically about the gospel. Meaning the message from God about the person and the work of Jesus to save sinners. I think we can see these in the passage. If you see with me in verse 12, Jesus said, says this. He says, The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So the word of God here in Jesus' mind is the message that people need to hear if they are to believe and obey and be saved. We can also see this, and it is clear from the same account, of this parable in the Gospel of mar, the Mark, there Jesus said in chapter 4, verse 12, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. So as we can see here, this Word of God that Jesus is talking about expect that those who hear would understand and then that their sins would be forgiven. So the Word of God in Jesus' ministry is the proclamation of the message that sins can be forgiven, that people must repent and believe and obey His commands. So in summary, Christ preaches Christ. Just as the seed has the power to bear fruit, this word has the power of producing a spiritual life in those who believe. For sure, many among the crowds would come to Jesus because of his miracles or because of his fame or even some of them had experiences of healing and supernatural provision. But only the word of God, only the gospel has the power to save. You know these words from Romans 10. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him? In whom they have not believed. And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? So just as the sower spreads the seed, that has the power in itself to germinate and grow into a plant, and then bear fruit, in the same way Jesus, the divine sower has the Word of God, the Gospel. This is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Praise the Lord. So we have the sower, the divine sower, Jesus, with a purpose, and we also have this powerful seed. And Luke wants us to know that That is why we we must have confidence in the saving purposes of God through the gospel. Now, the question is why then is there different responses to this sower and to this word? And I'm glad you asked. That's our third point the bad soils. As Jesus continues to explain the parables to, see, to his disciples, we can see that although there, there is the same sower and the same seed, there are different results. The difference in this parable is in the type of soil. Each soil represents the way different people respond to the word. The response to the word gives evidence of the condition of their hearts and also of the spiritual battle raging as the word is preached. So thank you for those of you who have texted me or tell me this morning that you've been praying for me. Because right now there's a battle. A spiritual battle. Going on as the word is preached. So let's go to the soils. The first soil is the one along the path. This this one represents those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. This image represents a heart that is hard and dry. It's hard and dry to the word. And then Satan intervenes by snatching the word away. I think this is exactly what Paul has in mind when he writes to the church in Corinth. These words from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So it is a real battle, there is a real threat. In this case, the person hears the word, but does not believe. And therefore, this person is not saved. The second soil is described in the parable as rocky ground, where the seed grew up a little, but it withered away because it had no moisture. Jesus then explains that these are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. And then the third soil the third soil, the seed, fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And then Jesus explains that these are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. So, Here we have three illustrations that show how a person can hear the word and yet experience no real and lasting effect in their heart. And even though we have in the parable, we have four types of grounds, in reality, there are only two responses. Those who hear the word and believe, and obey, and those who in different ways reject or underestimate the word, showing the real condition of their hearts. And this is tragic. The divine sower comes to the world with the seed of the word of God and many many reject his message of repentance and forgiveness of sins this represents many among the crowds that follow Jesus and maybe represents people even today in this room Or people that you know and love. But as shocking and sad as as this is, it is really not a surprise for Jesus. And it shouldn't be for us either. Because all of us, all of us have been the bad soil at some point. So left to our own desires and willpower, we would all reject the word. We would prefer our comfort or our idols instead of Jesus. The real surprise is not that many reject the word. In this story, the surprise is more astonishing that some embrace the word and believe the word. I said that Jesus is not surprised by this because Jesus says that one of the purposes of speaking in parables in verse 10 is so that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. This hard word is a, is a, is a, is a quote from Isaiah chapter 6. Where God tells Isaiah that his ministry to Israel will not only be saving for some, but it'll be also hardening from others. God says to Isaiah, Go and tell these people. Keep on listening but do not perceive. Keep on looking but do not understand. Render the hearts of these people insensitive. Their ears dull, their eyes dim. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. I think Jesus is helping his disciples, and he's helping us this morning to understand that the word of God is never ineffective. For those bad soils, this parable was the way to show the real condition of their heart. They don't want to hear. They don't want to be saved. If believing in Jesus involves any trouble, they are out. If for them something in this world is better than Jesus, they will take that any day. Jesus' words and the quote from Isaiah plunge us into one of the deep mysteries that we cannot fully grasp. First, the fact that God sovereignly grants salvation to his elect. And the other one, that sinners are fully responsible for their persistence in sin and their ultimate condemnation. Is God then unfair? I don't think so because men are responsible for their selfishness stubbornness and sin they have no one but themselves to blame for their own hardness of heart so let me pause here now and ask you perhaps you are here this morning in this condition Perhaps the, the message of the gospel has come to you many times perhaps through friends or family or even someone in this church and you you have rejected it I plead with you God is calling you to come and put your faith in him and repent from your sins don't wait anymore Our text doesn't end here, though. What is the difference then with the last soil, which is our fourth point this morning? This is called the good soil. If Jesus had not explained it, we will probably be tempted to believe that all we have to do is decide to be a good soil. And that is it. But when Jesus explains the purpose of the parables to his disciples in verse 9, he says this. you can read it with me in verse 9. And when his disciples ask him what this parable meant... Verse 10, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables. So what is the ultimate difference between the disciples and those who reject the word? What is the difference between the prostitute at the feet of Jesus And Simon, the moral, religious lawyer from last Sunday. What is the difference between you and your friend from youth group or Sunday school that is away from God? It is not your intelligence or moral life. It is not your education, your family, or the neighborhood you grew up in, or your country of origin, or your own merit. No! The fundamental difference is that something was given to you by God. Theologians call these these verbs divine passives. It was given to you by God. If you have believed the gospel, if you are bearing fruit, a miracle has happened. Just as the disciples of Jesus, you have been given the gift of a spiritual hearing. So that when the seed of the word is, in, is planted in your heart, you hold it fast with an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. I grew up in a Christian home. Attending church regularly. I saw my my mom's faith all of my life. And even so, for many years... I made fun of my Sunday school teachers and my youth pastors because I loved sin. I did not want or love Jesus until one day the Word of God pierced me like a sword. I felt so convicted of my sin and my need of Jesus as my Savior that I ran to Him with all my might. What changed? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't wake up that day and say, today I'm going to open my heart to the Lord. No, what actually happened is that something was given to me. The miracle of hearing... God made this dry heart, this heart full of rocks and thorns into a heart that was able to hear and believe the word of Jesus. So bearing fruit is a miracle. A heart that believed the gospel It's a miracle. A heart that holds fast to the word and preserves it is a miracle. This is an act of God from beginning to end. The parable ends on this beautiful and triumphant note. The fact that although only one of the soils bear fruit, there's a disproportionate, disproportionate harvest. And that is by the grace of God. So in summary, Jesus the divine sower, he spreads the word. His word is the gospel. And it's only the message, this is, only, this is the only message that has the power to save. And although many don't believe and reject the word or fall away after a while, many others, countless will listen and this is a miracle given by the grace of god that transforms bad soils into hearts that believe that bear fruit and that persevere until the end let me let me end now with with some few points of application for us this morning the first one is take heart and continue to engage in the ministry of the word the ministry of the word to others whether in your living room with your family or in a Sunday school classroom or in your small group or across the street with your neighbors or as one of our global partners that are overseas take heart and continue to spread the seed of the message of the gospel because God will make the miracle of bearing fruit happen Amen? Second, take care how you listened. A few verses ahead of uh, of our passage this morning, in verse 18. Jesus gives a warning to his hearers. He tells them to take care how they hear. And that's a warning for all of us. So if you're here today and God is speaking to your heart, I beg you, answer to the word, respond to the word in repentance and faith and hold fast to the word. There will be people praying here at the end of the service. I'll invite you to come and talk to them and tell them, I want to respond to the word. I don't want to wait anymore. And lastly, as we transition to the Lord's table, I want to ask all of us to, to worship Jesus. As we remember his sacrifice for us through these elements, as we remember how he opened your spiritual ears to receive the good news and believe as we participate from the table. Let's worship Jesus Christ with all of our hearts. So let me pray. Lord, thank you for this parable. My prayer this morning is that you would encourage our hearts first to worship you for what you've done in our hearts. Something was given to us, the miracle of hearing. So we worship you, Lord. We don't deserve it. There's no merit in us, only your grace. So we thank you. And Lord, also I pray that you would encourage our hearts so that this church, from this pulpit, from each of the ministries, in each small group and household, your word will continue to be proclaimed faithfully. Because your word, the gospel has power to save. So help us, Lord. And Lord, we pray for those who have not yet believed. We pray, Lord, that you would make this miracle happen even right now, even today. And that they would respond in in faith and repentance. To your word, we thank you, Lord, and we pray this in your name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this message from Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Bethlehem Baptist Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at Bethlehem.Church or write us at 720-13th Avenue South, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55415. Bethlehem Baptist Church, spreading a passion for the supremacy of God in all things, for the joy of all peoples, through Jesus Christ.